morning I'd like to talk about wisdom, Holy Spirit wisdom. We have this scripture in James. You can turn to that if you like. James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Been speaking about the fruit of the Spirit and uh, in as in seeking God what to talk about this morning, the thing of wisdom came to mind. And I'm just fascinated in this study on the, the similarities of wisdom and Jesus. Wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit being the spirit of wisdom. Let's read uh, James 1, verses 2 through 8. My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That takes some supernatural strength, doesn't it? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. We heard some about that last Sunday, those of you who were here, about being perfect and complete and keeping our eyes on Jesus. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, I think that includes all of us, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If any of you lack wisdom... I just want to address this morning our, I'm going to call it our ache to know. Our ache to know. We want to be in the know. We want to know what's going on. And last Sunday as Carl was preaching, he, was, he, he demonstrated how Jesus says, walk before me and be perfect. And, and we're walking, and, and, and we, we, we're asking, and we're, we're looking back, and we're, am I doing okay? Am I on the right track? And in, in, in relation to walking in the Spirit, am I walking in the Spirit? Am I in step with the Spirit? Am I being led by the Spirit? Am I filled with the Spirit? Am I pleasing to Him? Or am I missing it? We have this knowledge uh, in our mind. Sometimes it's in the back of our mind. Sometimes it's in the forefront of our mind. We have this knowledge that we pass this way but once. We just get one shot at life. We just get one chance to live today. And so it, that's in us. 
to wonder if I'm missing it today, if I'm acing it today, if I'm or not. And, and, and we have this question. We don't always verbalize it. I think we should verbalize it readily, more readily. But this question is in our minds, am I cutting it? Or am I missing out? Or am I on the right track? I'm calling it the ache to know. Sometimes we feel that keenly, our lack of wisdom, our lack of knowledge, our lack of discernment. We just don't know. We feel like we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know the best way. We don't know if we're preparing well for tomorrow. We just don't know, and we want to know. God has given us that desire. God has given us that desire to know. That is a God-given thing. Don't crush it. Don't say, oh, whatever, and just go casually through life. No. Feed that ache. Let it, let it make you desperate. Desperate for what? Desperate for wisdom. Desperate for God himself. So we have knowledge, which is knowing things. And this is how I look at it. Knowledge is what we know, the facts. We know a lot of facts. A lot of people know a lot of facts. And sometimes the people who know the most facts act the dumbest. Knowing facts doesn't do anything for us unless there's a progression, unless there's doing something with those facts. In my understanding, facts can lead to understanding, where we understand how this fact interacts with this fact, the relationship with this fact over here, and, and, and what happened, and what will happen, and what we're told, and what we're not told, and all that coming together, we can develop understanding. And because of God, we can have godly understanding. But there are a lot of people who know a lot of facts, and they understand how it's supposed to interact with each other, but they still make terrible choices. To me, the next level then is wisdom. The ability to take these facts and understand how they work together and have the wisdom to know how to respond, how to live our lives before God. Knowing and understanding we pass this way but once. We need wisdom. We need godly wisdom. Wisdom is the facts, the understanding lived out, walked out. Now in this scripture that we read, if any of you lacks wisdom... Are you okay with lacking wisdom? Or do you try to go through life feeling like you have wisdom? Because you just can't bear the thought of not having wisdom. Be for real. God has given us wisdom. We have been taught well, most of us. We've been taught a lot of facts. We've been explained how these facts 
work together, and we've given our lives to Christ, and we have wisdom. Embrace that wisdom. But there's always that desire for more. Embrace that desire for more. And two things that I want to emphasize this morning. Ask. If you lack wisdom, if you're willing to say, you know, I lack wisdom. If you're okay with that vulnerability, that uh, feeling of insecurity, if you're okay with admitting that, a lot of people don't like to admit their lack of wisdom because it makes them feel insecure. Be okay with it. And if you are okay with it, ask. Because if you aren't okay with it, you won't ask. And you will continue living your life in foolish ways. Ask. Ask. Ask God for wisdom. Live your life in such a way that you don't know uh, where, where you're in over your head. Don't be protecting your life, trying to protect yourself from ever getting into any situation that you don't know what to do. Those situations are so good for us because it forces us to ask. So you can let go. You can walk ahead, live your life boldly for the Lord, and not fear getting into situations where you don't know what to do. What will I do? What will I say? Be okay with moving forward and getting yourself into those situations that force you to ask. Because that's how you are anyway. If you don't do that, you're just fooling yourself. You're living in an illusion anyway because you don't know what to say. You don't know what the best thing is. You don't know. We don't know. We don't know as much as we want to let on. That's how we are all the time. We don't know what's going on. Nobody has the whole scoop on anything except God. So let's just get real and say, I lack wisdom and ask. Let's develop a habit, a lifestyle of asking God for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. And it tells us how to ask. Ask in faith. Faith. Well, I don't have much faith. My faith is weak. And there's warning here about doubts. I have doubts all the time. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter if your faith is weak. It doesn't matter if your faith is small. That makes no difference. Because it's not about the size of faith. Jesus says if you have faith as a mustard seed, you don't have to have faith in your faith. This faith is faith in Jesus. Your faith can be awfully weak, awfully small, but if it's in Jesus, it's going to be okay. It's not faith in your faith. That's what we so often, we, we feel like we don't have faith, but 
it's because we want to have faith in our faith. But we need faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Please turn your Bibles to Proverbs 4. Speaking of wisdom... Back to this ache to know. And I just invite you to feed that desperation in a right way. Feed that desperation. That, that desperation to know. You can feed that in a right way. And as I read Proverbs here, we think it was written by Solomon. And I see, I see just desperation in him for his children. I don't know who the children are that referred to here in Proverbs 4.1. But I'm assuming his children. And, and he, he was a man of wisdom and he was able to see how things go. And he was pleading. There's a, to me, there's a note of desperation in, in, in his uh, writing here. It's like be, he was desperate for them to get wisdom, to pursue wisdom, to, to want it badly. Let's read. Uh, Proverbs 4.1, hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live implying that if you don't, there's death. Keep my commandments and live. It's a life or death matter. Verse 5, get wisdom. And my Bible has an exclamation point there. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. That's wisdom. Wisdom, the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all that you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will, she will bring you honor when you embrace her. Hold her tight. Wisdom. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Do you sense the desperation in these verses? It's like, you got to have it. you got to get it. You need it. Be desperate for it. And I just want to say that too. Feed that desperation for wisdom. It is a life and death, life or death matter. And we know, Proverbs says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, fearing God that gets us started. If, if we don't, if we aren't desperate, 
we will never get wisdom. If we, if we aren't uh, allowing that fear of God to grow in our lives, that makes us desperate, we got to have it. We, we won't get wisdom. All right, now let's go back to the New Testament again, back to James and chapter 3. James 3. So we need to ask, and we need to ask in faith, faith in Jesus, and feed that desperation. Now here in James 3, we'll begin reading in verse 13. I want you to notice how wisdom is what is lived out. The facts, the understanding the wiseness. Wisdom is what is lived out. So James 3, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct his works. That his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Get the picture? In your conduct, in your works. Wisdom is that... It, wisdom is lived out, and it is done in, and here we have description of what wisdom is, meekness of wisdom. Wisdom involves meekness. Okay, so let what you know, and, and this follows the discourse on the tongue, talking about the tongue and how it's so easy to mess up with the tongue, and the tongue cannot be tamed by man. It can be tamed by God, the Holy Spirit, but it follows that discourse on, on the tongue, and he's saying, don't just be quick to talk and tell us everything you know, but live it out. Live it out in the meekness of wisdom, your good conduct, your good works. And then verse 14 and 15 implies that there is a bad wisdom or a earthly wisdom. Check it out, verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, how can you call that wisdom? But people do. Envy, bitter envy and self-seeking boasting and lying. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. That's alarming. That that's even called wisdom. But that's what we have on this earth. We have what people call wisdom. It's not wisdom at all. It is an earthly wisdom. It is sensual. It is demonic. That's horrible. But that's what people are calling wisdom on this earth. So there is a, a bad wisdom, an earthly wisdom. Now, verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above, that needs to be our focus. The wisdom that is from above. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, 
than peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Just a little bit more on this bad wisdom. It takes me to Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26 has 11 or 12 verses that talk about the fool. Now we know that the foolish is opposite from the wise. So it talks about the fool in, in, in a number of verses. Uh, you know, Proverbs is just random. Proverbs here about this, about that, about this, about that. But when you get to Proverbs 26, it, it has 10 or 11 six, uh, uh, verses, consecutive verses about the same subject, about the fool, how unhandy the fool is, how ridiculous, how terrible, how hurtful the fool is. And in the end of those verses, it's the fool of fools. It says, he that is wise in his own eyes. There is more hope for the fool than he who is wise in his own eyes. That's earthly wisdom. That's a bad wisdom. That's not asking God for wisdom. That's like, I don't need it. I know what I'm doing. Thank you. I don't need your help either. That's he that is wise in his own eyes. The fool of fools. But the wisdom that is from above is easy to be entreated. Willing to yield. Peaceable. Gentle. Pure. Let's look at this list. I put it up here. Pure. Read this with me. Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. That's the wisdom you want. That's the wisdom we ask God for. And I'm so intrigued with this this list, because it takes me to Jesus teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart. Happy to be envied. This is what you want. This is the ache you want to feed. The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Gentle, I think of meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Willing to yield. Again, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Full of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Good fruits. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled with good fruits. The fruit of righteousness. Without partiality. I think of 
the, uh, Jesus said, blessed are those who are persecuted. You know, you can avoid persecution if you are inconsistent. You can vo avoid most persecution if you are willing to be inconsist inconsistent. But if you are without partiality and you are consistent and you are without partiality in relation to people and you love everyone the way Jesus did, the way he said we should, and we will love our enemies. That's the Sermon on the Mount. Love your enemies. That's without partiality. That's the wisdom that's from above. Without partiality and without hypocrisy. Poor in spirit. I know I don't cut it. Without hypocrisy. This is me. This is me. I just love how those, those lists interact. So we have this list on the left is wisdom. This lift, list on the right is what Jesus taught us. And now it takes me also to the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Doesn't that list kind of remind you of that list on the left? So the wisdom that is from above lines up with Jesus' teaching, and the wisdom that is from above is the fruit of the Spirit. To me, I see it as the, the same thing. They're the same kind of thing, the Spirit of wisdom. The fruit of righteousness is produced by the Spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit. So here again, in this, we read this verse in James, James 3.18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And we have this verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 5.9. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Of all the things you might want to be, what Jesus wants you to be is righteous. Of all the things you might want to be, Jesus wants to make you righteous. Is that good enough for you? Truly righteous? Truly wise? Or, eh, that's not so fun. Or, what, what do you really want? Do you want to be made righteous? That's what Jesus wants. He came to make us righteous. I invite you to embrace that. Now, what's the work of the Holy Spirit? The work of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus and to glorify Jesus. John 16, 14, he will glorify me. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, this is before Jesus left. He said, I'm going to send the Spirit, and he will glorify me. When I send the Spirit, the Spirit will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus, and he points us to Jesus. Wisdom does the same thing. Wisdom points us to Jesus. In fact, Jesus is called wisdom. Did you know that? The Bible calls Jesus wisdom. To the extent that we have Jesus, we have wisdom. Look at these verses from 
First uh, Corinthians, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Jesus is called the wisdom of God. A few verses later, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. Jesus is our wisdom from God. So if you have Jesus, you will have wisdom. Be desperate for that. Be desperate for Jesus. And you will have wisdom. Christ the power of God, the wisdom of God. Of him you are in Christ, of him the Father, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He redeems all the waste in our lives. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. I'm going to say glory in the Lord Jesus. Jesus, our wisdom. Now I'd like to take you back to the Old Testament again, Proverbs. Proverbs 8 this time. More on wisdom. You know, the whole Bible points us to Jesus. So even if we're reading in about wisdom, you have to be thinking about Jesus. As we read here in, in Proverbs 8, I want you to think about how you could just as well put the word Jesus in. For example, Proverbs 8, 1. Does not wisdom cry out? Does not Jesus say, come unto me? And you can read this whole chapter, Proverbs 8, and put Jesus in instead of wisdom, and it's meaningful. Does not Jesus cry out, come unto me? And this is wisdom. Does not wisdom cry out? And it gives, uh, explains there. Skip down to verse 10. This is wisdom speaking. This is Proverbs 8, verse 10. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. Jesus is better than rubies. And all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. I, wisdom, Dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. It's like if, if, if wisdom, wisdom marries prudence and therefore there's knowledge and discretion is produced. Verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil and pride and arrogance in the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me, this is still wisdom speaking, by me... Kings reign, and rulers decree just, justice. By me, princes rule, and nobles, all the judges of the earth. I love those who hate me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring riches and righteousness. Be thinking about Jesus, too. My fruit is better than gold, yes, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice, that I make cause those who love me to inherit wealth, that I may fill their treasuries. Now, verse 22 through 31 talks about how wisdom was with God when the world was created. 
Jesus was with God when the world was created. In fact, Jesus, Scripture says that Jesus was the one doing the creating. And you have some of that terminology here talking about wisdom. Check it out. Verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from, Jesus was eternal, from the beginning before there ever was an earth. When there was no depth, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Rejoicing, and this is so precious, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Jesus delights in us. Wisdom. Psalm 136.5 says, to him, to him, the Father, who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. Jesus. John 1.3, speaking about the living word, Jesus. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. I love that comparison. Jesus and wisdom. Wisdom. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. People, it is a life or death matter whether we have wisdom or not. Jesus, in him was life, and his life was the light of men. Howard referred to that this morning. Jesus, it's a life or death matter whether we have him or not. I love that similarity. Now, if you're still there in Proverbs, I want you to, to uh, go with me. Proverbs 8, verse 32. In Jesus, our ache to know is met by a righteous life lived. Proverbs 8, 32. This thing about it being a life or death matter. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. For blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates. This is wisdom. This is Jesus waiting at the posts of my doors. 
For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. We have been taught, rightly so, that to believe in Jesus is what gives us eternal life. Whosoever believeth in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Believing in Jesus, being desperate for him, in faith, ask in faith. Ask for Jesus, ask for wisdom, ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ask in faith. It is a life or death matter. But he gives freely. He gives liberally. He doesn't find fault in us asking. He wants us to ask. Ask. Ask in faith. I'm so blessed by this prayer that Paul prays for the Ephesians. Here's uh, just a small portion of God. He, he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Jesus. I just love that. The God, the Father, the prayer is that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Jesus is where it's at. Let's bow our heads, and I'd like to pray that prayer for us. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our Father. Thank you for Jesus, who has become wisdom for us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of wisdom. And now, God, I pray that you would give to each one of us here in the Hillcrest Chapel this morning the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. That our eyes of understanding may be enlightened and that we may know what is the hope of Jesus' calling and that we may know what are the riches of the glory of Jesus' inheritance in us, the saints, and that we may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power that you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. Lord, fill us with that spirit, with that wisdom, with Christ. We believe, Heavenly Father, in Jesus, and, and we commit ourselves 
to feeding the desperation for Jesus and to hunger and thirst after righteousness. And to stop worrying about whether we're missing it, but to just, with all our hearts, pursuing Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. We love you, God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.